Hi, we're Teen TV, a podcast for TV addicts. I'm Price. And I'm Elizabeth. Today we're discussing The Bold Type Season 1, Episode 3, The Woman Behind the Clothes. Hey guys, how's it going? Hi! Hi! Hi, Hi Price. <laughs> Hi, Elizabeth. What tea are you drinking this time? Oh my goodness. So I've had a bit of a stressful and overwhelming week, so I wasn't <laughs> able to get some new tea. Um, so I thought I was going to have to be able to, I thought I was going to have to drink tea I had already drank on our past two episodes, but I was able to find Bigelow Earl Grey in the very back of my drawer. So Dude, that's what I'm thinking. There is nothing wrong with that. I love me some Earl Grey. It, I have never, so. I've never really drank tea before. This is like a new adventure for me. So this is the first time I'm trying Earl Grey. And I knew, I I don't know, maybe I'm just going into it with a bad attitude. But I, I didn't think it was going to like it. And it's okay. Gets the job done. But of drinking tea while talking about TV. But not my favorite. I mean, but. yeah, it's, it's really bitter. So that's probably like a step up for you. It is. Yeah. And I knew that. So I put a lot of milk in it. Not a whole lot, but like more than probably an average tea drinker. But That's, fair. That's fair. Yeah. What are you drinking? You have some fancy tea over there. Yeah. So Canisters. I decided to be a little ambitious. Um, I got some organic Bombay masala chai tea. Ooh. Yeah, because I don't like chai tea normally. But since we're stepping out of our comfort zones, I decided to try it. And I still haven't tasted it yet because I'm still brewing it. But uh, I will let you know. It smells really good, actually. Ooh, that does it. Yeah. Yeah. It smells like a pumpkin. Ooh, well, not a pumpkin, very... but like folly, you know? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. So we want to jump into the episode here? Well, kind of. Um, I think that you said you had some kind of fun fact. I did. Yeah. So we're on episode three, and this is the first episode where we get this random uh, British lady who does this very short. Uh, recap of the previous episode of what the girls are up to and i just wanted to let you guys know that that is actually former editor-in-chief of cosmopolitan joanna coles who what? yeah <laughs> she's the she's an executive producer on the bold type and a lot of her life as an editor at cosmo and also for um Hearst magazines and let me see i'm looking at our wikipedia page right now um uh, mary claire <laughs> That's who that random British lady is. I did not know that. That's so cool that they were able to get, like, her to do a voiceover. mm -hmm. Yeah, I found that out from another uh, The Bold Type podcast. (laughs) Uh, They actually, yeah, they mentioned it in their first episode, so. Yeah. Very cool. So that was was my fun fact. (laughs) A good fun fact. It's very fun. It's very (laughs) facty. Okay. Um, So this this time we're talking about Sutton first. So what is her nice quick synopsis? Sutton. 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 And trying to juggle her current job as being Lauren's assistant, but helping Oliver with this fashion show that they're doing. And um, 
yeah, this is really whenever she's starting to get into her element of fashion and like shows off how awesome she is. So yeah, they definitely had a few moments of showing off her prowess with fashion this episode. Um, immediately, like I think in the first five minutes, she tells Jane like, "Come see me in the fashion closet because I cannot let you go on a sex date dressed like that," which <laughs> is adorable. And she does yeah. other stuff like fixing Alex's outfit. She puts mm-hmm. together one of the most perfect things for the fashion show. It's the only one that Jacqueline likes immediately, right? And then. Yeah, and- and doesn't have any changes to. Exactly. Which, yeah. So a lot of sudden awesomeness, which is great. And I also really liked, because uh, towards the end, her kind of struggle is, what is, how is she going to get Lauren's help in getting this job? And because she doesn't like Lauren as a boss. And how is she going to ask it? And Lauren gets mad at her for helping Oliver and neglecting her. And um, But it was really nice at the end of the episode, whenever Sutton comes up to Lauren and kind of lays it all out for her and says, I really want this job. I'm ready to move on. And I'd really like your help. And Lauren's response, who, you know, is this notoriously bad boss is, okay, yeah, let's figure out how to get you that job. And no, totally I, and... I do really like that. I like how they show Lauren's on board. I like that they show her, you know, as this kind of mean person, not really mean, but very strict. And then they show her, Demanding. you know, yeah, but going to bat for Sutton for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Another thing I wanted to mention about Sutton this episode is she has the wordlessness scene, um, of the episode. She's in the fashion closet. She's looking around at all the stuff she was able to create and help with. And you kind of just see her very content. And I, I love that feeling. I love showing someone in their element. I think it's really cool. And that scene is also another good example of how amazing the music is on this show. Yes. It's just, there's no words. It's just Sutton looking at her at the, you know, the pieces in the fashion closet that she did and the pictures of the fashion show that she did. And, and it's just, it's the song that's playing and there's no words and it's really, it's a good scene. Yeah. So, um, quick aside, I just tried my tea and yeah, I, you're making a face. I <laughs> really, really needed to buy milk for this tea cause oh, it is no. super bitter. Oh, <laughs> but it, I mean, it's good. Maybe I'll add some honey to it. I don't know. We'll find out. Whatever. Oh. It's okay. Every tea can't be great. <laughs> um, what Can about, get... what about Richard? Richard, 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 Richard Hunter. Okay, so this is a really, really good Sutton and Richard episode. This was the episode which really kind of sold me on their relationship. And it was, we kind of mentioned in the last episode about how supportive Richard is of Sutton. And this is just kind of very, to an nth degree in this episode. She She's working overtime trying to juggle Lauren and Oliver and actually stands him up for a dinner date that they had planned but or she then she's in the middle of like helping and someone's like oh there's a package for lauren you have to sign off on she goes downstairs and it's richard like surprising her at work and he like they're gonna go to olive garden and he gives her breadsticks no and and it's it's very cute and you know he he's very supportive and i really really Mm -hmm. liked this moment and especially when he said go get it go do what you want but call me afterwards. Something that you said earlier really touched me. It was um, about how it kind of turned around. Yeah, so this is just one of the ways that the show just really surprises me and is just so great is because 
what you're supposed to be thinking is, you know, whenever you first are introduced to Richard and Sutton, we're very hesitant. We're like, oh, gosh, no, he's like her boss. He's so much older. Like, this is not a good idea. But then very gradually. And then by episode three, you're like, oh, no, he's a sweetheart. He's so supportive. This is such a good pairing. Like, and it's very gradual how they do that. And yeah. Kind of, so I really like with their pairing, it really it's very, very gradual. But then I think it also really um, turns this trope of this older gentleman boyfriend who is kind of maybe judgy of these, this younger woman and is maybe her boss and is maybe controlling. And in another TV show, I could see an older guy getting stood up by his girlfriend and being super pissed about it, not like being, being supportive and then giving her breadsticks. And I love, I love how they just turn that trope on its head. Yeah. I really liked it. Um, I, Really, really enjoyed how, you know, they showed this thing. And I, I didn't like it at the beginning at all. I just told her she was an idiot. I was like, no, this is not going to work. Price, why are you showing me this? And I, yeah, no, this was definitely the moment where it's like, yeah, this could maybe work. I, I kind of yeah. like this. He's he's really supportive, which is really cool. I enjoy that a lot. So plus he might actually be really cute. And yeah, I, I like yeah. him. He's great. It's It's great. Yeah, I just I like how gradual it is and how they take you on this and turn it on its head pretty much. And yeah, so that I think like that breadstick scene sold me on the Richard Sutton pairing. Okay. I haven't I haven't found a ship name for them on the Internet. So if someone comes up with that, let me know. Suchard written. I like written. Written's good. I like written. written. Yeah, written. Okay. And, you know, they're writers, so and they work for magazines, nice. so they're kind of yeah. written. I don't know. That's a little stupid. <laughs> um, All right. Anyway. You want to move on to Jane? Jane. 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 Jane Sloan. You want to tell us what's, what Jane is up to? Yeah, Jane. So Jane has a sex date with Pinstripe this episode. It's not a sex date, it's just drinks. If it's not a sex date, or what does she say? It's not that kind of date, then don't take it off um, to her dress. <laughs> oh, I love that. Love that part. Oh, um, anyway, so she has a sex date with Pinstripe, but she's also doing um, a lot of politics this episode. She wants to write about this congresswoman who she thinks is the next Kamala Harris. Um, she wants to talk about all of these things. She actually finds a really great spin on it, um, which is just so cool. Um, and also, on the other side, Pinstripe is writing an article about her article where she says that she didn't, she's never had an orgasm, and she freaks out about it. Um, and ultimately, you know, she actually reads his article, which is saying, you know, hey, why do girls do this? Maybe that's our fault um, as guys. Maybe we shouldn't push them so hard, you know, stuff like that, which is so freaking sweet. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that's that's Jane's like two main points this episode is she's doing the mm -hmm. politics and she's doing the pinstripe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So do we want to talk about pinstripe dude first? Pinstripe. Pinstripe. Ryan. Ryan from Pinstripe? Ryan. It's Pinstripe guy. Oh my god, he is so cute. Why is he, he so cute? So it, it's kind of great how they set the episode up. Like the, his, the, ver the intro is him like pretty much strutting towards Jane in the atrium with this badass music.
Yeah, he has it's... he has strutting music. No one has strutting music. <laughs> Only Jacqueline has strutting music, and now Pinstripe has strutting music. It, it was it was freaking awesome. So yeah, cute. so so they uh, decided to get drinks, and um, Jane is like, "It's not a sex date," or you know, her friends keep calling it a sex date, and she's saying it's not a sex date. But and, um, yeah, it's really it, he's sex just, date. It, it's just it's a very nice progression of them like flirty and being and dating each other i really like like, i really really like the interaction between the two of them i feel like he's just the right amount of forceful with jane he's not too pushy he's kind of wary of her because he knows how skittish she is and he just like kind of pushes her and his whole speech about like what's more important than sex and relationships that whole speech just kills me every time it's how could we not fall in love with him it is a very, very swoon-worthy quote, that one. <laughs> it's, yeah, he's very swoon-worthy this episode. So that's that's really fun to watch. So then the other, like, the other part of Jane's storyline is her wanting to write about more serious issues. Like, the past two episodes, she's written mostly mostly about herself, like, very personal things. And, you know, she kind of says, in this episode, I don't want to be just a sex writer. I want to write about, you know, things that matter, things that are important, like this congresswoman with inconsistent politics. I want to write about her. And she's trying to get an interview with this congresswoman. She kind of is very much judged from for coming from a fashion magazine. Yeah. Um, so the, the chief of staff of the congresswoman, the lady that's basically in charge of her whole schedule, um, she sees what Jane is wearing because she just came from a date and she doesn't <laughs> let her come with them to get a quote from the congresswoman, which is horrible, but understandable, but horrible, yeah. and I don't know. I I really like how she spins that. So she ends up, she tries to be sneaky to get an interview with the congresswoman. She calls uh, calls her up and, like, makes her voice go super high. Yeah, sure, her voice uh, goes up, like, two octaves here at least. At least. Yeah, and so she wants to interview her about fashion. Like, would the congresswoman be interested in that? <laughs> we have a lot of, you know, young millennial voters who would really be interested in you know her shoe choice and how she uses fashion to her advantage yeah so she interviewed she interviews her for like two minutes and tries to get in a serious question but then gets literally gets the door literally slammed in her face well Um, what happens is she brings up a mother jones question mother jones is um a very well-renowned political outlet they ask like the hard-hitting political questions so she asks that and then immediately gets kicked out because the congresswoman doesn't want to answer her mm-hmm. yeah but then she and so jane is very discouraged and that's whenever she discovers that pinstripe is writing about her so she's just in a angst mood um yeah but then she finds a really great spin on her article which um is that the congresswoman with inconsistent politics Whenever she she votes for something that she knows people won't like, she actually wears terrible clothing so that people will then talk about her awful clothing. And then she can go back and say, look how I'm being discriminated against. Right, for, right. As and for being a woman and for being like wearing bad clothing. Right. And weren't you saying that like that was based on a real life example? Yeah. So I... I read this article and I thought I saved it. I need to go back and try and find it. But yes, that actually happened. One of the experiences that I believe uh, Joanna Coles and one of them was that a politician actually did this and someone wrote a story very similar to the one that Jane writes. 
So that actually happened in real life. That's such a cool thing. I love that yeah. so much. Yeah, let's talk about cat. Cat, 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 cats. Cat, 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 cat Edison. So what so is she up to? This was a very, very big cat episode, which is why we saved her for the last one of the girls we wanted to talk about. But so Adina is actually absent in this episode, which is a first. Um, and it's very focused on Kat's career. She uh, wants Scarlett to have their own VR app. And while she's testing him, one of uh, her interns gets very sick and she finds out about uh, through the VR company that actually women are more susceptible to being motion sick uh, from using VR goggles. And so she writes that this is sexist and then she gets internet trolled and tons, tons, like her Twitter feed is filled with rape threats and death threats. And she, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, so sad to watch <laughs> yeah so they find her personal email and they attack her and we're gonna go into it more but it's just it's a lot for sure and it, yeah but before we get into the bad stuff um i we noticed this throughout a lot of the episodes but we wanted to bring it up this episode because it's such a it's almost a character itself um the way that they show technology the, all of the pop-ups all of the like asides kind of thing is so well done and so yeah. cool. I love how distinguished everything is. I love how it just fits in with the scene. Like, I never thought that it was a distraction. I never thought that it was something um, that didn't need to be there. It was just, oh, I loved it so much. It was very well done. Yeah. Yeah. So we actually wanted to, so the question that we wanted to kind of talk about and debate about is, is VR, was Kat right? Is VR technology sexist? Yeah. So I went down the rabbit hole and did some research on this. Um, and when I say the rabbit hole, I legitimately mean the rabbit hole. I was looking at patents. I was looking at NASA specs. I was looking at naval reports. I looked at the, oh, it was, it was lovely. I loved it so much. So, um, and side note, we'll be providing a lot of these links on our, uh, website. So go check that out. Yeah, absolutely. The reason, and they mentioned it in the episode, the reason that it happens, the reason people get motion sickness is because our vision as humans is based on, um, hormones, actually, like it's a certain part of it. So when women are menstruating, when they're on their period, when they're all through their cycle and hormonal and bullshit, um, it changes the way that we see things and it changes how we're affected by it. Um, there was a noted problem in the 1970s when the U.S. military noted that their flight simulators were making pilots motion sickness. And it's not just, you know, female pilots. It was the male pilots, too. Um, on Wikipedia, there's a whole article on virtual reality sickness and um, all sorts of things cause this age, uh, something called the flicker fusion fr frequency threshold. Say that five times fast. What isn't um, isn't gait or like how you walk? Yeah, I, I so I did a little bit not as I didn't go quite into the rabbit hole as uh, Liz did mm -hmm. here. I just I dipped my toe a little bit because I'm not a science person. But yeah, there are there are a lot of factors as to why people are motion sickness. And a lot of the articles that I read is was saying this is a big problem because VR is very is on the rise here. You yes. kind of need to fix this. So. Um, 
Yeah. And so a huge part of it. And I actually I read an article from the 90s um, on a computer programmer who was wondering why women were getting more sick. So he did specific research on it. And um, a lot of it was actually to do with the frame rate. So frame rate in computers is how often um, the, f the screen in front of you refreshes. So it's how often the image changes and stuff like that. So our frame rates today, they basically look you know, perfect. It's like you're seeing the person in front of you. It's it's really well done. Um, but it's not completely perfect. You know, it's not like real life. It's not like it's actually happening. It's still there's a slight delay, even if we can't tell it. Um, but back in the 90s, when we were still, you know, not where we are now, there was such a disparity in the frame rate that it caused a lot more motion sickness because um, there was a difference between this real life and this VR. Um, and so that's a big part of it. And th I thought that was really cool. Um, yeah, so it, the science sorry. behind it, I don't, it's okay. The science behind it is actually really, really interesting, um, even though, even if I don't quite understand it. Um, but I guess getting back to the issue that we want to do, is it is it inherently sexist? And I think we can both agree that, no, it's not inherently sexist. Like, developers didn't develop VR technology, like, with the mind to discriminate against women. Yeah. Something it, that I read was it's not sexist because it negatively affects women. Um, because when we say something is sexist, there's usually a factor of intent there. So yeah. there wasn't a there wasn't someone behind this saying, no, we need to make this worse for women. And actually, I wanted to it's just, like quick aside, people have actually tried to fix this. Um, they are filming real models and adding them into VR movies. If you can see like a real person, it just somehow connects your brain more and it's like, okay, this is real. I'm fine. It's, I'm not motion sick. And then um, a big thing that they did is they make it so that you can't actually move through the VR. You're just kind of looking around. And if you don't move and you, you just move your head, it's more real because we're less prone to error. Um, it, you're less likely to have a difference between what's happening in real life and what you're seeing in the VR. So there's people behind this trying to fix this. Um, I'm also going to link a couple articles about women who are behind virtual reality. I found an article about 35 women in VR as of June 2017. So, you know, we're just yeah. kick ass and taking over the people, world, taking over the world. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's, that's um, part of my rabbit hole. Sorry. I went no. a little into no, it. It's, no, it's really, really interesting stuff. Yeah. yeah. And it was, yeah, that definitely, we definitely went off on a tangent here and something that Elizabeth was very interested in and should be talked about. Yeah, I think I spent but... like a day at least on this <laughs> when I really had other stuff to do. It was really cool to look up. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Yeah. I think we can both agree that it's not inherently sexist, that developers didn't create VR technology <laughs> with the intent of making it worse for women. Exactly. But I think, but I think personally that the sexism comes in with, if they, if they have this problem and it, and I think the articles that I read said that like women are four times as likely to get motion sickness from VR technology. And yeah. I think, and I read this great article that I, that will link with you guys, but um, it's saying, uh, it's not the, the actual technology when you developed it wasn't sexist. What is sexist is not fixing it. Because I agree. I agree. You're losing, you're losing half your audience if you don't address it. And this, um, this article was written by 
a woman writer who goes out and tests all these these tech stuff and she and she talks about the problems that she runs into as a woman that that it's mainly catered to men that she can't try certain products because they don't have a prototype that like for goggles that fit her because it's too big or uh, like the controllers are too big for her hands because they don't create any for women and that's that's the sexist part yeah if you're looking at me like we're skyping. i mean i again i'm just i'm really really hesitant to call that sexist um I don't, but I don't think, like, sexism, I think, like, racism is, it's not something that's, like, blatant. It's yeah. subtle. It's, yeah. like, it, it's the subtleness that is kind of institutionalized in these, like, I don't know, in our society and these uh, industries, like, and I don't know, it's, like I said, if they like what would be blatant sexism is if there's this problem and they choose not to fix it or they just disregard it. No. And I, I, I see where you're going with that and I totally get it. Um, I think that from the research I saw, it's hard to solve this problem. Yeah. Is no, what I'm saying. Um, very, yeah. I got it's that it's a very, too. very difficult bug for sure. Um, yeah. And so that's that's kind of where I'm standing with it. I do. I do agree that maybe we need, you know, we need these VR companies to cater to women more. Um, but maybe, you know, maybe um, they're just they're it, it's not the target. I don't oh, I don't want to say that. Yeah. Oh. See, that it goes into. Yeah. That like, like this idea the question that of women, women don't play video games yeah. and women who do are harassed and women who do play video games feel safer pretending that they're not women online. Yeah. And it just it. Yeah. It just kind of perpetuates that like, I don't know, culture. That's fair. You've tried VR, right? Uh, Yeah, I have. And it's really cool. Did you I like it? Like, did you get motion sickness? No, no, I didn't. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. I I've tried it too, and I have gotten motion sickness because I'm oh. actually susceptible to it. Like, but the more I used it, actually, the um the better it was. So it could yeah. also be you know part of I I think it's a lot of factors. I think it's one of those no, questions is, that you it, just you don't know exactly yeah. what it is, and, but maybe we just need more research on it. Maybe that's the answer that we have. Yeah, exactly. And I think the thing that rubbed you the most the the wrong way with this episode <laughs> was that it was oh, there are so many factors into this issue and the bold type and specifically cat just kind of makes this very blanket statement that it's sexist. Yeah, that and was so when yeah. really there's a lot more things going on behind the scenes and all the research involved in it and all the and like actually why it is it's not black and white how it's portrayed on the show. That being said, so, I am really glad that they brought up this topic because I learned a lot more about VR technology. And I mean yeah. a lot more. Um, <laughs> I I actually I tried looking for a VR product that was like the one they were promoting, where it wasn't um, it didn't cause motion sickness or it was less susceptible, and I couldn't find one. So I think that they made that up. Um, if okay. anyone finds anything, please let me know because I would love love to know about it for sure yeah okay so moving on um and as a result of kat's very blanket statement that vr is sexist um she then gets internet trolled regardless of whether we agree with kat or not no one should have to go through internet trolling and rape and death threats and that was just it was i thought like they portrayed 
the, the internet trolling very realistically. And it was just, it was, I thought it was so well done. I agree. I think that they showed um, how quickly and how scarily it can get. Um, mm-hmm. How, how there was actually a ramp up in the episode. They did it very subtly, but I noticed it the second or third time through. They, you know, they started just by telling her she was dumb and then they escalated for sure. Um, and that's what happens when people are anonymous and there's no, um, backlash to it which is you know horrible um it was yeah yeah. it's it's rough and you know i think that we've all kind of had situations maybe not as extreme as this but definitely um we've either seen it or we've known someone who's been through it or we've been through it ourselves where it's just oops i messed up and now this is not okay (laughs) yeah it was you know it was so i yeah and this has been a conversation that has kind of been recently talked about with women online about the harassment that they face and how terrible it is. And like, it just, I I thought they portrayed it, portrayed the harassment that Kat uh, underwent very realistically. And even though it was just, it was so hard, it was, we both love Kat so much and it was just so heartbreaking to watch her, like nude photos get leaked and um, her just completely freak out and just be heartbroken. And it was just, uh, it was, it was so relevant right now. And And it's, it's yeah, they, they did it. So they didn't, they just demonstrated it very realistically. I agree. I agree. And I, I really like how they're showing these modern problems. I like that, you know, this is probably something that's only been happening in the past five, seven years or so. I don't know. I'm probably wrong on that timeline. But it, it's very recent, and it's cool um, to see that and it, to see how she deals with it and, you know, makes it better. Oh, there is another uh, amazing Jacqueline moment. Like, Kat is getting internet trolled right before an important board meeting, and she ends up choking. And Jacqueline, whenever she confronts her, is like... Hey, WTF, I thought you were ready. What's going on? And then when Kat shows her what's going on and tells her, Jacqueline is immediately understanding and supportive. And that's just wonderful to see. Yeah, I love the instant shift. I love that they show that Jacqueline is angry because, you know, of course, Kat fucked up. But the instant shift to, oh, I get it. Go home. It's okay. Just go home. Yeah. and And I think that just really demonstrates it's one of the reasons why I and I think you like love Jacqueline as a mentor because I believe that managers and mentors there's open communication and you know the full story and you're able to create like a safe enough space for your employees to feel comfortable telling you the whole story then you then you know what's going on and then you can help them like grow more and Absolutely. And I mean, we all have to remember that we're all people. We all have problems. Work is really important and it's important to keep that relationship, but we are all people with our own lives and stuff just happens sometimes. It was a beautiful moment in seeing watching like Jacqueline be there for Kat and tell her, no, you are strong. You will get through this. I watched it this this week and it brought me to tears. Like it was, <laughs> it was so touching, but so cute. So you also, uh, you said you had a bubble pink moment here. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, so kind of how this uh, storyline with Kat um, versus the internet trolls gets wrapped up. So on the one hand, we have a very, very realistic portrayal of internet harassment. 
Um, but then Kat kind of resolves it and um, she ends up spinning it and she, she creates a marketing campaign video where women who have been harassed say out loud the things that were tre- tweeted at them about being raped and killed and internet harassment. And she turns it into a PR campaign and tags all the internet trolls who were harassing her. And she, so the, so the real life issue and how it's very realistically portrayed is this internet harassment, but then it gets tied up in a nice pretty bow and, most of the time, it's nice to, like, have that bubblegum pink, you know, happy ending in the bold type, but I don't know, that's, it's been a bad week for me, so I just, I, it just, it's not real, and so I just, I don't know, I kind of had a hard time with this one, with, um, sexual harassment being a main topic in our country right now, and, I've been a little bit pessimistic that nothing's ever going to change. So, it was, so this one, I was most of the time, I'm like, oh yay, a fashion gala, ooh, an art show, but, you know, the internet sexual harassers uh, like fighting back against them in a smart way is just kind of that one. That one was hard to, for me to swallow this week. But. Absolutely. Uh, so just just for quick context, um, we're actually recording this in November when yeah. a lot of the sexual allegations in Hollywood are coming out, and a lot of the sexual allegations and just politics and everything is coming out so that's that's why this is such a hard thing for us and it's so relevant which is so cool um it's so relevant yeah and yeah and back to how well it portrays this is that you know cat doesn't know what to do she because women are told stand up for yourself but don't fight back on the trolls one of jacqueline's line is like are you getting into another flame war with this with an internet troll and you know cat and jane and sutton are like no no don't engage with them and then she's like well what else am i supposed to do how else am i supposed to fight and it's yeah. it's an impossible situation there's no good outcome and it's it's really hard so since you're the pessimistic one this week i will be the yeah. optimistic one and all right let's hear I, it. all right so i don't want to take credit for this it was something that i read on the internet um but someone said you know we have access to everything nowadays we can see stuff from around the world we can see stuff from next door and it's just all at our fingertips so it's really really easy to get bogged down by all the negative stuff and that sucks but we can also see all of the good stuff we can see um people doing things for good we can see people standing behind planned parenthood we can see all of the good people trying to make it a better place. We can try, you know? And yeah. I I totally, totally get the, uh, this is terrible, this is horrible, why is this happening situation, and yeah. it sucks, and I get that. But, like, we can, we can also spin it and see the kindness, and, you know, there's always going to be the helpers out there. No, you're right. And I'm not normally a pessimist. Like, I know. I'm normally... It's normally me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So this is, this is just a bad week talking, I think, but it just, sometimes it feels that nothing will ever change. I know. And, and and I so get that. Which is why shows like the bull type are so good because yes, it does a good balance of showing the real stuff that's going on and the hard stuff and the things that you feel like you can't change. But then it's still hopeful yeah. at the end. And I think and- that it's important to see people go through this. It's important to say, yeah, it sucks right now. 
but like, they come out stronger. We're in November and there's just an ongoing discussion about sexual harassment. And that is just so sad to listen and watch and read about. But I don't know. I am hopeful because people are talking about it longer than we normally talk about it whenever something like this comes up. So I know. Like, I, I hate it. It's I, been several weeks. Normally, like some a story like this breaks and we're moving on to the next horrible thing that's happened a week or two after. And it's been it's been several weeks now and we're still talking about it, which I which makes me hopeful. I know. And I, you know, obviously I hate it and I hate that all of this has happened or is happening. But I think that maybe we're changing as a society. Maybe we can finally talk about this stuff now. Maybe, you know, we can talk about sex and we can talk about how it sucks and people take advantage of other people and it's horrible, which is good because then more people will talk about it. I, like, I I hate that it's coming from this bad place, but I, I see it getting better and that's what I like about it. I hope so. It was just, this episode and this week for me was just a little, little bit it was harder for it was harder for me to hope. Absolutely, but, and and know. that and that yeah. happens and that happens and it's not it doesn't mean I'm going to give up hope that we're going to change and not going to keep trying and not going to keep talking about it like we are now <laughs> with, through the bull type in our podcast. But yeah, ultimately, uh, getting back to the episode. Kat turns this into something good, which leads us to our theme of the episode. Elizabeth, take it away. Oh my God, people. I had the most amazing moment. (laughs) I am a genius. (laughs) So this episode has a main theme. I was rewatching it and I was taking notes and I was trying to figure out where they were going and how it all tied together. So with Kat, you know, we just talked about it. Kat has this VR situation where she, you know, kind of fails, but ultimately wins and the trolls and everything. But she spins it around, uses it to her advantage for this marketing campaign and showing off this VR company that she believes in. So she takes this horrible situation, but she spins it for good, like literally calls it hashtag show kindness. So great. Jane, um, so the Congresswoman's chief of staff, she judges Jane for wearing her date clothes when she tries to get the interview, but she spins it with using her girly voice and getting to interview the Congresswoman, which leads her to, you know, get this great quote of, I always use fashion to my advantage. Um, Also, we see the Congresswoman who's choosing an outfit and using fashion to you know, redirect people from her policies so that, you know, she can vote the way that she wants to, despite what her constituents are thinking. Um, Jane figures this out, spins it from this horrible situation and uses it for a great story. And then as a side note, um, in the very beginning, they mentioned that people are leaving this fashion show because uh, they want to distance themselves from Planned Parenthood, which sucks. But Um, Jacqueline and Oliver spin it to make this awesome show centered around these unexpectedly strong lace and armor like outfits. You know, it's anti-sexist. It's pro Planned Parenthood. It's just I feel so. Yeah. (laughs) So the theme this week is taking a shitty situation and spinning around for your own advantage. And I think that that is such a cool message to have. And when I figured it out, like, I literally jumped. I was just like, oh, my God, <laughs> this is so cool. She was, Yeah, she's been freaking out about this. And it's so it's so true, and it is so clever and very and so subtle, but <gasps> just, like, 
I just so, bought him another one. <laughs> go for it. Pinstripe. Pinstripe. <laughs> he takes he oh. takes the article. He takes the fact that Jane has never had an orgasm and he spins oh. it around to do his own article about why that matters for dudes. Oh it's my god. <laughs> Expanding on a conversation that needs to be expanded on and talked about. That is awesome. I love You're this so, show. It's so good, guys. Go and watch it. You can you can find it on Amazon and Hulu, I believe, and Freeform.com. It's seriously so good. Check it out. It, yeah. it covers but, all the bases. It's it's awesome. Um, yeah. Go yes. watch. So that's so, that's, that's my theme this episode. Uh, no, it's a really. It's 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 a good theme, and like I said, it's so subtle. Like you don't really see, like you don't get that, you don't get it until you've watched it three, four times, like we have now. Yeah, there's no way I would have gotten it if I hadn't watched it three times and took notes. But I feel like I still got the message without realizing that I was getting this message. Yeah. So yeah, like, uh, it, I love that. Uh, such a good theme, such a good show. Yeah, seriously, yeah. check it out. Please, please do. So, so I think that's uh, all of the specifics. Actually, uh, we still have to tell you guys our favorite moment from the episode. Elizabeth, do you know what yours is? Um, I don't know. I, I can go Why first. Why don't you go first and I'll right. figure it out. You go first. <laughs> um, one is the breadstick scene with Richard and Sutton. It's just so cute and makes me excited about their relationship. And then the other one is the scene between Jacqueline and Kat in Jacqueline's office. And, like, Kat is starting to cry because she's being internet harassed and feels so helpless and hopeless. And Jacqueline being there for her and reassuring her and saying, I know how strong you are. You are strong. You'll get through this. So... Those are my favorite moments. Those are good moments. Okay, so I have two small ones and then a big one. So my two small ones is, um, first of all, they quote Hamilton, which is amazing. Ah, I'm the definition of young, scrappy, and hungry, and I'm out. Oh, my gosh. Also, also, there are so many, like pop culture and political references to the show. And it's amazing. Like in this episode, they mentioned uh, Kamala Harris, Madeline Albright, Hamilton, Planned Parenthood, Elizabeth Elizabeth Warren, Warren, just, uh, so yeah. ma- so many amazing references. So Hamilton, and then I also really liked. Um, this is stupid, but um, I really liked when Sutton's dressing Jane, and Jane is like, "Okay, this is not that kind of date." And Sutton's like, "Well, don't take it off then. It's fine." <laughs> That's a good line. I know. Uh, oh, meet Sutton for the win. <laughs> no, she has the best lines. Okay, I have one more. Crap. Uh, Quick, quick thing. Um, Sutton mentions that she's 25 in this episode, 25, 26. So of course, of course, we love this show because they're our age. I love yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then my big one is um, Pinstripe. What is his name? Actually, is it Ryan? I Ryan. Think? Ryan. That's right. Is that, so, is that a little sad? We've just been calling him by Pinstripe. That's what they call time. him. <laughs> So Ryan has this great speech um, when Jane asks him if he really just wants to be known as a sex and relationships writer. And he says, what is bigger than sex and relationships? Sex has launched a thousand ships. It's started wars. It's broken our hearts. And it's the biggest part of our lives. And it's just such an intense moment. And it just makes us fall in love with him. So I, I think that that's my favorite like big moment from this episode. Yeah, very, very swoon worthy. So dude. 
So very swoon worthy. Very, okay, very so- cute. <laughs> okay, so what are we looking forward to in the next episodes? With Sutton, we got to see uh, the introduction of Oliver and that beginning of that relationship. And I am so, so excited to see more of that. Um, I'm also just really excited to see Sutton being awesome. They teased it a little bit this episode and they started it. But like, I love her character so much. And it's just it's so cool. Ditto with her and Oliver. But yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to her stepping into the fashion world and following her dream and like being just, you know, kick ass at it like it's like it's been teased this episode absolutely all right what about jane what are you excited about with her i'm excited about her becoming uh, a more political writer like that like it kind of the first two episodes have been her kind of being very unsure and not a whole lot of direction you know like the stories that she writes are assigned to her and this is the first time we see her like pursuing a story and see that oh this is something she's really interested in doing and so it's see and the spin that she takes on this congresswoman fashion story is very very unique and clever and it's kind of showing her potential as a writer so i'm looking forward to that the most and then with cat um I really liked seeing her, you know, focused on her career this episode. Um, of course, we're still looking forward to get back to Adina and that, you know, cute little trope thing. Um, oh, but so I thought I thought it was so cool to see her freak out again, to see her kind of break down, because I feel like she's the strong one. She's the rock. And when mm-hmm. they show her freak out, it's it's so cool because I I completely get that because I I'm just like that. I mean, and like every every person, all women, every man, everyone, like there's multiple sides to them, including a vulnerable side. And it's they show Kat's vulnerable side very well. And yeah, I'm also looking forward to um, more Kat Jacqueline mentorship relationship. Like I really enjoyed that this episode and I hope they continue to do that. So I think that's all we had. Um, yeah, so make sure you check out um, our website. We'll post all these links that we talked about and some other stuff. Yeah, uh, if you have any opinion on uh, the VR stuff, we would love to hear it. You know, please reach out to us. If yeah. there's an article I missed, please, please link it to me because I would love to go down the rabbit hole with y'all. If you uh, come up with a ship name for uh, Richard and Sutton, let us know. <laughs> You can subscribe to Teen TV on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud, or your favorite podcast hub, and can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at TTV Podcast. Check out our website, www.tntv.com, for related links and commentary. And be sure to watch The Bolt Type with us, available on Freeform.com, Hulu, and Amazon. Join us next time when we pick apart Episode 4, If You Can't Do It With Feeling, and discuss imposter syndrome. If you're not watching The Bold Type like you should be, still keep us on your subscription list for our episodes later in the year. We have a wide range of tastes and love hearing suggestions. So until next time, drink tea. And happy binging.